Not long ago, in a far-off corner of a place called the Internet, a revolution was born. Forged in the fires of common experience, the survivors of a mysterious movie known only as A Talking Cat came together. Their purpose, to dissect this fascinating failure of a film and broadcast their findings through the cosmos in hopes that future generations might learn from their mistakes. Some would call them heroes, others would call them mad, but despite the grueling road ahead of them, the group would take up the Sisyphean task and become a talking cast? Are they adventurers, sinner as a savior's or Are they demented, love the punishments, I can't be sure But one thing I do know is that the mission here to force To make your life so hard that you'll be pissing on your kitchen floor Hello and welcome to A Talking Cast The A Talking Cat podcast that nobody asked for But we're bringing it to you anyway You are listening to episode 72 Which if you're following along at home Means you are watching minute 71 And that's time code 1 hour and 11 through 1 hour and 12 I am joined by two wonderful guests That I'm super excited about Um, First off, let me introduce the illustrious Shannon Camp (gasps) Illustrious, thank you (laughs) Thank you. It is I. Wait a minute. It is Shannon. (laughs) And I guess I guess Bob's here too. (laughs) Oh no. No, I'm totally kidding. Um, the wonderful Bob man. We have gotten a juicy minute with lots of mythos and magic and really high fantasy going on here. This is this was this was the minute for the nerds. Yes. Yes. Uh, I have so many strong opinions on this minute. You guys don't even know. Yeah, me too. Me too. I am so excited to get into it. <laughs> we start with Duffy lying on the bed with a bandage kind of loosely wrapped around his head. <laughs> no, no, no. Wrapped is not a fair word here. I yeah, think you mean no. draped. Just draped there. Even, even, even draped. Even draped, Shannon. I don't think is a fair word like that. Like it reminded me of every time I've unsuccessfully tried to festively drape ribbon on a christmas tree <laughs> yes yes absolutely it's just sort of it's just sort of sitting there yeah they threw it, it at him like the veterinarian a threw tinsel it at him. quality it's sort of yeah yeah, yeah. and but not i mean festive. this is no. supposed to be like a, a high drama moment you know we're supposed to be worried about duffy's welfare but we just we seriously we just have a cat <sighs> who's just totally fine just chilling on the bed has a bit of gauze draped on his head. I might be worried about the fact that Duffy was just lying there, if not for the fact that's all he does the <laughs> entire movie. Like, exactly. He's yeah. just laying on a couch, laying on a pool chair, <laughs> laying on a bed. Yeah. You know. Duffy's not a very active cat. No, the key the key difference in this scene, of course, is that Duffy is making the most delicious, sexually satisfied noises <laughs> you've heard him make. Through the whole, like, there's nothing discomforting about those sounds. Like, he is dreaming about gourmet lovemaking. It is beautiful. You would think that he'd be making those sounds during the pool scene that he was just watching lasciviously. But yeah, right. That's, that's right. Yeah, I want to. I want to know what. I want to know what uh, Eric Roberts was doing while he was recording those sounds. He was being. He was being smeared know. in something. He was getting smeared in something. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. God, no. This podcast <laughs> took, a, took a turn for the truly disturbing. And I was on the pool scene episode, okay? And somehow, Bob, within the first, what, f- not even five minutes, you've already managed to freak me out more. So, yes, Duffy, uh, Eric Roberts once again shows his proclivity for making totally weird noises. Like, I, I talked at length about his yummy noises in an oh. earlier minute which oh, yeah. drove me nuts were just like too much and in this case he's supposed he's trying to sound injured but he's really just like Ugh, and it's bad yeah. it's, it's like david good. hasselhoff in that video where he's eating a hamburger on the floor yeah. of his yes Bullseye. that's pretty much Bullseye. that's pretty much how i imagine uh eric roberts throughout the entire recording of, of Tuffy's voice. Not not only was Eric Roberts probably on something for this, but I think the cat was too. Like I, I I don't I mean I don't know about you guys. Every cat I've ever known has been completely intolerant of having stuff like tied around it or even yeah. draped around it. And I, I yeah. just think it's a it's a cinematic mystery right up there with Castle Freak Dongate. The question of whether Duffy was actually sedated <laughs> for the well, toilet toilet paper draping scene. Actually, I have kind of an anecdote about that. Um, my cat Luna freaks out whenever she's in the car like she'll cry and scream and start hyperventilating which mm-hmm. of course makes me cry and scream and start hyperventilating <laughs> that's love you love her so much <laughs> i do Good uh the mom. doctor prescribed her kitty xanax which is just xanax it's just human xanax that you give to a cat <laughs> right so yeah. one time i gave it to luna because we were supposed to go on a four-hour car trip but then because of complications i couldn't leave and go on the car trip so she was just stoned as balls wandering <laughs> around the house high off her face on xanax like taking one step every 30 to 60 seconds her mouth was hanging open and drool was pouring out of both sides of her mouth i might have to show a picture of this as part of the bonus material for this episode because um i suspect that's what's going on with duffy i strongly suspect that the cat was given actual xanax like if i had put money on it i would i think if we looked in the credits uh we'd find that uh, under cat wrangler uh it would be like gravol or (laughs) gravol or maybe even xanax but they probably couldn't afford xanax it's probably probably over the counter gravol this 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 minute of talking cat (laughs) brought to you by fancy beast and gravol yeah that's right mixed mixed together we should get into the collar and i will defer to our host on that one because i wouldn't even know where to begin yes so so we moved to the port and there is I'm not gonna bore everyone by reading the dialogue but so basically there's an exchange where Susan's like I don't know what it is about that cat it's like he spoke to all of us and everybody's like it's like he spoke to all of us because he literally spoke to all of us right and and then Trent Trent as if you know I guess Trent just assumes that every everybody got the same talk from Duffy. He just goes, maybe there's some magic left in his collar. And everybody's like, what are you talking about? You poor, <laughs> simple boy. Yeah. <laughs> Frankly, I, uh, you know, I mean, obviously it's a plot driver, but I would, even Susan's line requires a bit of unpacking because how did, how did Duffy speak to Susan? Uh, th- he hasn't talked to her yet. Uh, and, and he smelled her shoes. It was a deeply sexual <laughs> moment. Yeah, I don't. I, I'm tr- I, I searched my mind trying to think what's the life. Ch- yeah, what's the life changing moment for Susan that she would link back to Duffy the cat? You know, it's like it's like he spoke to all of us. Yeah, I guess because he got hit by a car in front of her house, and everybody in her life flipped out like they were losing, you know, 
a close family friend. I think that's pretty much it. I think that <laughs> right. would have to be it. I don't think there's anything really else. Really what she's saying instead of like, it's like he spoke to all of us. She's saying, wow, you guys are really attached to this stray. Too bad I have an important business and I'm going to let it die. That, 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 that should be her attitude. She cares about cheese puffs more than an innocent creature suffering. Fuck yes. you, Susan. Peta's coming yeah. after you. But I want to talk about the device of the magic collar itself because... Mm-hmm. Perhaps this is me getting too invested in the movie, which should be the tagline for this entire podcast. Yeah, but that's welcome. Yeah, we've heard we've heard your episodes. We know. I was actually uh, really annoyed by the device of the magic collar because I feel like talking slash magic slash magic talking animals are kind of a staple of children's literature and children's movies and i don't understand why they had to have a magic collar in the first place like why couldn't duffy just be a magic animal the kids don't need a piece of like fucking bullshit magic technology to explain this like (laughs) they're little kids why couldn't the device have been instead of a collar why couldn't the device at the end have been a big reveal that like carbon monoxide levels in both houses were abhorrently <laughs> high and you find out that they hallucinated the entire thing and may- maybe maybe duffy is just revealed to be a raccoon that just wandered <laughs> out of the woods and he's carrying no, some he sort of weird rabies. pathogen like, yeah he bit them and they start no i would love that but in all seriousness in all seriousness yeah. listen to me but yeah, let's get, let's get like, serious about this movie guys let's get serious about this guys We're like one second can we get serious right now yeah but hold on actually, everybody i don't think everybody's treating this with enough seriousness so can we i i legitimately calm. don't understand why the talking collar reveal is a thing i think maybe it's just an easy fix for how to save him after he gets hit by a car but I right. think it should be like a Tinkerbell thing like you have to believe that Duffy is magic and then your belief heals him right. like yeah, children yeah. clap your hands to save Duffy like that's how <laughs> I would have done it if I were the auteur behind a talking cat <laughs> yes I would have uh, I would have done that or I would have done something like you know Duffy it, it's it's in Duffy's nature as a magic talking cat to to be you know an ever-present person in their life and so they just need to connect him back to nature and so they bring him to this nice place in the woods and he's like right. magically healed by nature or something or maybe yeah. he evaporates yeah. like he yeah. evaporates he becomes one with the i mean i mean there may have been a version of the script that that had the magical collar thing more fleshed out and less phoned in than it was like maybe it was dark You're magic giving him too or... much credit already bob yeah or maybe, well i don't know I don't, I don't know like maybe i know how people dream maybe the collar contained the blood of christ or it's like <laughs> it's a horcrux or whatever it's like a, and it's like a dan brown novel now. yeah like but you know what it probably took up too much time and then someone said guys our grant from the sierra club to make this movie requires 18 percent to be establishing shots of the outdoors and the magic collar shit just bites into it too heavily that would know, explain gotta... that would explain those long long passages we see of the car driving through the forest like, yeah. yeah there's got to be an explanation for by it. the california department for tourism or something yeah it's got to it's got to be linked to the fund there's got to be some follow the money follow the money the beverly hills the beverly hills suburban like outdoors club or something (laughs) like gave them a million dollars yeah 
But I, but I agree. I, I agree with you, Shannon. It's so phoned in, like this idea that the caller doesn't have enough magic yet. Like, like does he not have enough energon cubes or something to have more than one conversation <laughs> yeah. with everyone? Like, that's just. It, 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 I think you're right. It's it's something that didn't need to be there at all. Like they could have right. just left that out. It's it's not like we were wondering why, right? Yeah, you know yeah. What, what I would have loved is if this was like a Mary Poppins type situation. Yeah, where they were like they were like, oh no, Duffy's injured. We have to go find something to help him. And like while they're gone, Duffy like flies out the window to go find. Like, <laughs> I'll be with you until help. the wind changes. We see a laser point him, the same laser point him that led him to the shoes, points to the sky, and he yeah. just blasts yeah, off. Yeah. Blast <laughs> off. <laughs> but like yeah. we already have the MacGuffin of he can only speak to each person once. So like with the collar thing on top of that, I mean part of this is we're coming towards the end of the movie now and I had just completely lost whatever patience I had at the beginning. Like, uh, it, it, by this point I had no like benefit of the doubt left to give this movie or these actors and you guys can't see it. I'm a terrible culprit of doing this on air and podcast (laughs) doing air quotes. Yes. Huge air quotes. I can tell. I can always tell. You can, can hear it in my voice. Good. Yes, you can Good. hear the air quotes. Um, yeah. But Trent is like, maybe there's some magic left in his collar. Everybody's like, what are you talking about? And then everybody just is automatically after Trent says, he made a point about a collar hidden near a, gro- a grove of trees. And everybody's like, okay, let's go find a grove of trees. There's one grove of trees in this entire woods. It's a grove of trees just north of here, which basically narrows it down to Oregon. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) And everybody's just immediately on board with like, yes, the caller is the solution. Let's go. But I do. I seriously, I wanted to know why Franny cared, the swimming pool digger. Uh, She's not a gold digger. She's a swimming pool digger. Uh, (laughs) Franny, like why she gives a shit. She even hugs Tina at one point. Like, are they friends? Do they know each other? Was is that established? Yeah. Like I thought, I thought the two families were from opposite sides of the railroad tracks. Like one is the yeah. greasers and the other is the socks, or or whatever <sighs> it is. Like shouldn't they be fighting and pulling knives? I didn't, I didn't understand the immediate bond. Yeah, if I remember correctly, I think um, there is a, a scene where it's implied that Franny is on the phone with Tina. like they're friends um and she's like she's like i don't know i feel like this guy likes me but i don't know if he does and i don't know i maybe i had a stroke or something but i really (laughs) hope we dreamed that i hope we dreamed it i hope that's not true (laughs) maybe franny relates to duffy because he has this amazing collar she's wearing her amazing bow tie necklace yes like they just have so much in common yeah they just yeah well they're all in it in any event they're all in it together at that point anyway right they clearly are like the yeah no refresh my memory so duffy hasn't spoken to franny yet right not at all maybe this is all part of her pool digging scheme get to the cat have a conversation yeah, I Exploit love Exploit what magic you can. Maybe she's going to take the collar for herself Maybe. and try to use it for some nefarious purposes. I wouldn't yes. put anything past Franny. She's the smartest person in the movie. She absolutely Not that is. that's saying much, but like right. we all know it to be true. I need, I need that. To, I need all of what you just said to be true at this point. <laughs> like I need that to be the movie. Right. It's or really she's important. just like, 
we have already in this episode created a much better movie <laughs> about like scheming and like ancient right. riddles of old. Right. Franny's like, maybe this magic will get me access to a pool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. I can make my own pool. What a legendary, legendary movie this would be if you watch the whole thing thinking it's just some crappy disaster of a low budget movie. But then in the last five minutes, it turns out to be a brilliant Kafkaesque fever nightmare that leaves you sleepless <laughs> for days. How, how amazing would that be? I heard if you watch it in reverse, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> you just have to watch it backwards, and in, this tale of two families becomes a tale of two warring tribes. In direct one-to-one time? Like everything's just rolling backwards at a normal rate? Like yeah, it's not like, yeah. Paul's down. dead, Paul's dead, Paul's dead. Yeah, that's what I want. I want that. I want that and uh, we end on everybody everybody leaves into the forest to go find this nondescript grove of trees with a collar uh and we end on a beautiful establishing shot of a waterfall does anybody have any stray thoughts about the minute oh boy wow like we've, uh, i've said it all yeah this, this is a special minute because the entire cast is in the is is, yes. is in is in the one scene which i think should can't go without saying so this was an expensive uh, half the budget went into yeah. <laughs> went into this particular uh this particular minute because they had to pay everybody i assume they paid all of these actors by the hour so yeah. Yeah. this was a very expensive scene because we have all these uh actors together all together it really just throws into sharp relief the total lack of chemistry that any of them have with each yeah, other between the entire maybe ensemble maybe chris and trent maybe <laughs> that's but that's the closest. There is no one to one combination. There is no one to one combination. What are there? One hundred and twenty eight combinations of these people that could go together or whatever. There's no. There's no possibility of anyone having any chemistry. Yeah, it it it, it bounces off the screen. <laughs> yep, yep. So it's like you're just looking at a group of a group of sh- people all in the same uh, supermarket line, basically. Is the feel that you get. <laughs> that's I'm how they were cast. I'm sure that's exactly about the words right out of my mouth. I'm pretty sure you just corrected the code. That's how they were cast. <laughs> they were all at an audition for a complete for like a commercial for something for a, a you know what? Well, let's link it in. They were at a, a book like commercial. They were at an open read. <laughs> Yeah. And they just go, hey, you guys want to be in a movie? We're shooting this afternoon. <laughs> we're not shooting at night, but there is a night scene. But we're shooting this afternoon. So you got to come out. Yep, absolutely. Well, thank you guys so much for uh, picking apart this, uh, this beautiful high fantasy minute with me. Thanks, Sammy. Happy 20th talking cast of 20th talking cast anniversary. Thank you. Thank you very much. And thank you out there for listening uh, and for sticking with us for this project. Can't get enough of Talking Cast? Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Cast. Follow us on Twitter at Cast, And you can help out the show by rating and reviewing us on iTunes. Goodbye, everybody. Awesome. Bye. Minute by minute. That's so they'll be diving in to shed some clarity on this hilariously failed attempt. So grab a friend and crack a beer with them and listen in. The talking cast is about to begin. That was episode 72 of A Talking Cast. Your host was Sammy Singh with guests Shannon Camp and Bob Mann. Edited by Darren Husted. Music by Casey Trimble. 
voiceover by John Kowaleski. Artwork by Josh Hollis. Executive producers Sarah Cantor and Darren Husted. Copyright 2015. All rights reserved. This podcast is not affiliated with Rapid Heart Productions. A talking cat is owned by Rapid Heart Productions. No infringement is intended. I, I want to know why Frankie the... Is it Frank? Franny. No, Franny. Franny. I want to know Frankie. What am I, I want to know why it's Franny... It's okay, Bob. I thought Trent's name was Brandon. <laughs> yeah. so. I, called, I called Trent Trevor.